Hi, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And this is the Hi-Fi Sci-Fi Podcast. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 3, Elementary, Dear Data. Jean-Luc, Jordy Specs, Mysteries on the Holodex, Asteroids, Triple Droids, Telepathic Betazoids, Transporter, Deadly Claw, Visitor from L.A. Law, Photons, No Kirk, Captain Has Gone Berserk, Shuttlecraft, Council Troy, Dr. Crusher's Little Boy, Klingon Rights, Parasites, New Heights, Phaser Fights, Data's Head, Tasha's Dead, Wyke is Hanging by a Thread, Celebration, Transformations, Everyone to Battle! And I think for all the holodeck episodes, Paul, we're just going to have Abby on the show. I think that's... Yeah, the- I think so. She is a hologram. If you didn't know that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. I live on a holodeck. I can't leave it ever. I experience the world through the holodeck. That would not be a bad life, let me tell you. <laughs> no, I would not. I, we can talk about that later, but yeah, no, I would be okay with it. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, I'm stuck in a room, and that sounds terrible, but then you realize that room can literally conjure up anything, anything you can you think want. of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I. It, I, I accidentally caught the end of the Matrix on TV last night. It would, it's kind of like that, but better in a lot of ways, right? Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> only not a terrible. There's no robots no. trying to kill you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is um, this is the first time we get to see the character of uh, of Moriarty. Not the last time we get to see the character of the holographically generated Moriarty. Um, we don't see him again for a while. Yeah, it's a while. Season six. I looked it up. Ooh, wow. It's a yeah. long callback. Yeah. I'm also going to be your person, your go to person for long callbacks on characters, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Wait, does Waylon come back? Oh, wait. <laughs> Waylon does eight. not come back. Yeah. Um, we um, So we've had the virtue of talking about a couple of different elements that kind of come together in this episode uh, before. So it has already been established that Data is a total nerd for Sherlock Holmes. Who isn't? And it's also <laughs> been established that the holodeck is a great place to create your favorite liter- literary uh, fantasies. Um, mm-hmm. I.e. The Big Goodbye, which is an episode, Abby, you, you were on uh, mm-hmm. with us for. So this one really, I mean, this is another one where there's... Um, there's not a whole lot else going on in this episode. It's just let's find a way to get our characters into the holodeck and create this, you know, Moriarty villain, but put a twist on it. And uh, I thought this was kind of a fun. I thought it was a fun episode. It's a weird episode. Well, and the open sets it up with, without hiding it at all that this is just going to be a fun episode. Right? Mm-hmm. You you watch that open and it's like yeah, this one's not going to be. This one's they're not going to be fighting the Romulans. They're not going to be. This isn't combat. This is going to be a fun episode. And they, the they actual quote to... from the captain's log is, nothing to do but wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, because, yeah, that doesn't set anything up. That's not ominous at all. Nope. Nope. Everything's going to be fine, guys. We're just going to hang out in space for three days. Yep. Yep. And they do that. What I like about that, too, is um, I don't know if this is the first time they have used it, but this won't be the last time that they use that also as... A clever, well, not clever, but a but a, a way to just kind a of trope. A, a trope, exactly, to establish that 
listen, this is a bottle show. We're not going to a new exotic planet. We're not meeting a new exotic race of aliens. Everything that's going to happen within the runtime of this episode pretty much happens from bulkhead to bulkhead. You know, it's inside well, this, this ship. And speaking of bottles and ships... Um, that the is the second Moriarty episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ship in a bottle. <laughs> um, yes, it is. But they they have the like the ship that would fit in a you know a giant sized bottle. It's true. Um, which is also bottle. such a, a a fun play at the beginning um, that really keeps mining this this friendship between Jordy and Data. Um, that it, again is probably the strongest friendship we've seen. Um, we're starting to see this Worf Riker friendship. Um, and hints of it in, in the last episode, certainly. But um, would you call it friendship? I'm not sure I would. It's because Riker's kind of a jerk. <laughs> Boy, that's a good question. Mm, well, He's, okay, so that's but okay. What would the third pairing off be? That's the trick. There isn't. <laughs> like well, Jordy and Data I mean, are clearly I, the, I the would best say, friendship here. Yeah, I would throw out there though too that Riker and the Riker Wharf dynamic is a friendship, but it's kind of a Klingon friendship, right? Like, yeah, I think, you know, I mean, they're as tight as as two people can be when one is a Klingon warrior and That's, one is yeah. a human from the Federation. Right. Yeah. Like they're 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 pretty solid. Like, I but think the, the, end, the end point really just that Jordy and Data, they've really put a lot of time into and they've really hit it well. Right. This yeah. comes across as two people who are super good friends and Jordy bringing him in to like show him the ship and then Data's reaction of like, oh, this isn't a simulation. Like you didn't, like you built this by hand. Uh, it's just, they have such different perspectives, which is why they have such interesting conversations and, and such interesting friendship. Yeah. And I think this episode is um, a real recognition on the behalf of, of the creative team that that, is that a word. I'm, I'm... <laughs> It's Recon- not. It's not a word. Recognition. No, Recognition. It's not a word. Yeah. Thank <laughs> there you, you. go. Yep. Thanks. <laughs> um, it's uh, that these two characters um, work, and they've worked well. And this is a well that I think they can keep coming back to because everyone likes seeing them. Like it's just whenever Data and Jordy are in a room, and they either have something they're doing, or there's a problem they're solving, or they just have that time together. It's kind of magic. It's sort of that like mm-hmm. classic pairing where you're like, I could watch these guys just all day. You know? Yeah, it just sort of clicks. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I and, agree. And uh, a lot of the strength of the episode, I think, draws from that. Although the maybe the towards the tail end of it, I, I, it was nice to get Picard into it, but I kind of would have liked to have seen more of just Data and Jordy, actually. Uh, I realized mm-hmm. the captain yeah. needed to be involved, but I wasn't quite done with, with that. I was like, well, come on. They gotta. It's it's Holmes and, you know, I mean, it's 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 Holmes and Watson. They gotta solve the mystery. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it would have been interesting yeah. if Picard, um, sort of came in, recognized, partly what was going on, and then let Data handle it. Yeah, kind of said like, well, this yeah, is your I mess. Clean it up. Like, the ending of this episode is one of the issues for me. I it just I feel like it just kind of ends. It stops. And I. Mm-hmm. I, but yeah, it stops. It just kind of it, like the you know the forty five minutes is up and it needs to be over now, so we're done. And I don't know. I've been trying to think about how you could fix that, and I haven't come up with a good answer. But I don't like how they did it. Well, I want to I want to take a moment to uh, 
blow your guys' minds wide open on this one. What? <laughs> I'm prepared. Abby, I'm glad you brought that up because I also was like, why does this just end? You know, it's very abrupt. It seems like it seems like right as it's building towards Whoa. a good he- head of steam, it just kind of like, you know, it just kind of runs out of gas. Are you going to tell us that in the original script they killed Dr. Pulaski? No, <laughs> no, but that would have no. been fantastic. That would have been great. That would have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who listened to last week's episode, you know that uh, we had a guest on who was very, very pro Pulaski. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's a it's a minority position. It uh, is. It's, it's not you know in the fan base. It's you're not going to hear a lot of people championing that cause. But but good for him for for sticking up for yeah. Pulaski. I feel like we're going to have at least one other guest that is pro Pulaski too, if I'm remembering right. So I'm not so anti Pulaski as a lot of people, but I I definitely she's not my favorite, and I think it's partially the writer's fault, not hers. I would agree. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. No, no, I, I, I think she does it as well as she can given the script yes, he's being handed. I, I think the actress is totally fine. Yeah, yeah. The so this episode, the ending is strange because it was completely rewritten, um, and it was completely rewritten and reshot. Um, there was an original mm-hmm. ending that was actually filmed, and it was nixed by Gene Roddenberry himself. Um, so in the original ending, according to Maurice Hurley. Um, the entire plot device centers around what is potentially something that would be universe breaking had it stayed within the Star Trek canon because there is a scene uh, I don't know if you remember the scene where um, Data and Geordi first meet Moriarty and Data walks off with the piece of paper right what's interesting about that piece of hmm. paper is where did it start and where did he take it yep so it shouldn't have left the holodeck, is what you're saying, because right. it's holodeck matter. Yes. See, I saw the I saw stuff about that, and I don't think I read too much into it, but that has never bothered me because we know that the holodeck can create matter. Like it does food. You can eat the food in the holodeck. You can do so. The paper leaving has never bothered me so much, and I don't really I don't find a problem with that really. Well, but but well, what, what's unfortunate about it is they have established up to this point that there is an invisible barrier that that terminates at the literal like doorway, the literal threshold to the holodeck. Right. Mm-hmm. That anything that leaves the holodeck at that at that point dematerializes. Yeah, which is why I mean in Voyager they go to great lengths to get the doctor a holographic emitter yep. so he yeah. can go other places. Yep. So apparently within the original draft of this script um, it was not an oversight for them to have the piece of paper and them walk out of the holodeck with it. Apparently, this episode was to establish that the reason that, that stuff dematerializes when it leaves the holodeck is actually not because of like the science of how stuff is created in the holodeck, but it's literally just another failsafe. Hmm. Um, and that this Ooh. failsafe had been broken down. So the original ending shows that Picard already knows this. And so he uses the, because basically what Moriarty is doing is he's trying to draw them into a trap because Moriarty already knows that he can leave. Um, and the original ending basically allows Picard, I, I, I don't have all the specifics on how it was, but Picard essentially, I think, re-enables the failsafe and allows Moriarty to leave and he dematerializes is essentially um, how that plays out. Hmm. The ending was nixed because Gene Roddenberry uh, thought that it hurt Picard's character by making him look deceitful. Um, Maurice Hurley argued that the the counterposition that he thought it made him look clever, 
um, and because you're dealing with a profound criminal, uh, one of the most notorious in literary history, you know, you've got to be careful. And, and so they basically had it out. Gene Roddenberry said no. And the ending we got was a complete rewrite and reshoot. So, um, yeah. hmm. I still think I have problems with both of those endings. I think I don't like either of them. I want a third option. <laughs> Would we like to write the third option at this point? I I don't have an idea yet. I've been maybe trying. Maybe by the end of the episode. Maybe by the end of the episode, I'll have something. There's something I'll else about something the paper um, that I did notice that's total like nerd continuity error. Um, but like Data gives it to Jordy. Jordy's looking at it, and he's holding it, and then he flips it over like top to bottom to be like what is this and show it to data but to the viewer it's right side up oh <laughs> <laughs> so data handed it to him and jordy's like he's looking at it and it's upside down and then he turns it over he's like what is this <laughs> it says something along those lines and he even flips it back to look at it again and you could kind of see the light shines through it you could see it's upside down um but they must have done that they must have done a take and they were like oh man but the viewer would see this upside down so um, he has to look at it upside down. Which like, is uh, which is weird because they wouldn't have even had to show it because he literally says out loud, why would he have a picture of the Enterprise? You yeah. Know, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah, it wasn't really necessary. Weird usage of prop. Um, so the I say this is a weird episode because um, this is kind of... It, it draws in some unique elements. Uh, obviously, the usage of, of Sherlock Holmes... I thought it's another period piece episode done really well. The sets look really yeah, nice. Absolutely. Um, but it's still this same, like, at this point, we, you know, we, we're only a few episodes into the second season. We've already gone to this well, I don't know how many times, of something is sentient that we didn't think was sentient, or what does it mean to be alive, or, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's another well, episode where we're doing that. And here was my thing. The computer can apparently create consciousness, which is terrifying <laughs> to me. What the? I mean, really? I, the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, my God. The computer was like, it needs to be conscious for Data to be able to be defeated. It took a That's power That's not search. okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially in a universe where they have established uh, Data and his supposed unique status i mean they still look at they they can't figure out how to replicate data um you know you look at him from from top to bottom and they kind of mechanically understand how he's put together but it's made abundantly clear even up to this point and they continue to establish it that like they dr noonian sung's work to create data was so revolutionary they've no one has been able to replicate it and yet yeah. somehow Jordy misspeaking one word <laughs> causes the computer to be like, here's another thing that's alive. You're welcome, you know? Well, it almost feels like a, a computer that's like really powerful but underutilized and just kind of like sitting there on a couch, like reading a book, flipping pages, and then they're like, hey, could you do this? And it's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> like, give me a challenge, like whatever. Yeah, I could make like a hundred of those. I could replace every single one of you. Like, sure, and, and one. Keep in mind, fine. so was it, was it the second or th it was the third episode of the first season, uh, Code of Honor, where we were standing on a holodeck where they were like, it can make two people, even three. <laughs> <laughs> but those people, so, remember, Paul, those yeah. people were without a soul. Yeah. Um, but how far we've come in one season. Yes, that now we can make people with a soul. Th this is, I would define this as one of those episodes that if you do dig too deep, 
like literally just beyond surface level, it starts to get a little shaky. Um, it does, which is sad because I really liked this episode. So why? So um, so speak to why this one resonates with you so much. Well, we've 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 all established my love of holodeck episodes. I, I, I really there. It's it's a hard thing for me to meet a holodeck episode I don't like. Mm-hmm. There has to go a, a lot, a lot has to go wrong for me to not like a, at least enjoy a holodeck episode <laughs> because I so desperately want the holodeck to be a real thing. I want, I want that technology really badly. Um, I also, ha- I've talked before about my love of noir and why I like the big goodbye so much. I also have, I started reading Sherlock Holmes stories when I was a young kid. I have read them for a very long time. I have, I have the, um, the uh, facsimile edition of Sherlock Holmes stories with the original Strand illustrations by Sidney Paget. Wow. Um, I, <laughs> I really like the stories a lot. I wa- I've seen, I think, about every every time Jeremy Brett has played Sherlock Holmes on TV or film, I think I've seen it. Uh, <laughs> so I really enjoy that. And, I, you know, watching Brent Spiner be his Brent Spinery best as Sherlock Holmes is always moderately entertaining to me anyway. And I, I like, I, and, and again, the friendship with Jordy and Data is always a lot of fun to watch. And with Pulaski being Pulaski and not treating Data very well ever, um, it's nice to see Jordy really defending him and, and coming at Pulaski going, you know what, you're, you're being unfair <laughs> and it's not okay. And this is a weird one with Pulaski. Um, because I, um, I really hate Pulaski throughout the season. <laughs> and I'm not sure how long that's going to, I mean, how unfounded that is, or if it's actually something that'll stick. Um, but she has points in this one that I think are at least somewhat valid, though it's really kind of hot or cold, right? This, this feels like someone who could have been Waylon, where they could have had someone on the ship and said, like, hey, oh. I see you guys are doing this, but like data couldn't solve that. And they'd be like, why? And be like this reason. And then that person just disappears. And it's the same argument I used <laughs> in the last episode that she doesn't need to be the, the, the problem is she sticks around. Um, but the argument of, well, let's make this an experiment. Let's put forth a challenge and see how well he does is a really good device here. Yes. Uh, and, and it's, her it's, motives are terrible, but her, the idea is good. Yeah. So the idea that she has of of putting this to the test, I really like as a device. But I, she does have lots of scenes where she's just sarcastic and says things that for a doctor just don't make any sense. Um, well, and that, she's just kind of mean about it. Honestly, she really the way she talks like to Data to his face that he, he's just like, well, you know, your artificial friend here wouldn't have a prayer of solving a real Holmes mystery. And and that's when Jordy's like, you're being unfair. This is really mean of you. He's right here, man. Like, he's right next mm-hmm. to me. It's really cruel, almost. It's it's not a good character development for her, if you're ever supposed to like her. Yeah, it would be one thing for her to... Um for her to have some of those opinions but express them in slightly different ways but but yeah she she is literally so dismissive of of him as a peer that she will talk openly and yeah. heinously about him yeah. <laughs> and he's right and, and thankfully he's like the only person in existence who, who wouldn't be offended by it exactly because he's, yeah. he's 
he's not it's not within well, him yeah exactly. and she says something about like hurt feelings right is this the one I've watched a handful of these now but she says like is that an android equivalent of hurt feelings something no really... it's not this one oh that's okay different episode but i mean maybe the problem is that all her lines kind of blend together because she just says the same, the same thing over and over well and this isn't the only time she kind of disparages data and his personhood or not mm-hmm. she really just it's throughout the season i think where she just she just really doesn't acknowledge data as another functioning member of the crew yeah well, i mean so much so that literally with where this is the third episode into the second season it's the third episode with her in it and it's the third episode with her making a yeah, call out to data um, the first episode, uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll have talked about this, but she refuses to pronounce his name correctly. Um, yeah. Oh, that's know? the scene that's that the I'm worst. thinking of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, she calls him Data. And, and, and she says, what's the difference? Yeah, and, and his yeah. reaction is perfect. You know, one is my name, one's my the name, other is not. One isn't. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, and so this is, I mean, it would be one thing for her to... Paul, I think to add maybe a note to your observation, one of two things probably would have mitigated this. One would be to give it to somebody else and have them be a guest character because they can do that. They can make those observations and they can go away. The other thing would have been for her to show more significant growth more quickly and have her, you know, maybe the first one or even two episodes, it would be okay. But for us to now be in the third episode when she's just like, he doesn't have a prayer, he's just a machine. What a dumb machine. What are, We got a robot on the crew. Whatever. He sucks. You know, it's like, it's getting tired already. Well, And it's yeah. wearing pretty thin. And it, it seems like it would have been better to have her be a curious skeptic. Of like, well, you know, how could, how could a robot, an android work? And like, can I examine like your skin? Like, is your skin like human skin? And some of the things that make her a doctor, you know, curiosity about um, living systems never plays out. She's not curious in the slightest. And when she's curious or says things that sound curious, she's being sarcastic and coming off as like, whoa, well, you couldn't possibly have that. And yeah, you're right that it's just too much too quick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, And it does fall off in the episode. And that's the other, you know, it's the other third act problem where they've built this up she's a skeptic blah 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 this she gets kidnapped by moriarty and then the whole thing with data trying to prove that he is capable of deductive reasoning that just they leave that story thread and they it just dangles nothing happens at the end of the episode to wrap that up yeah she doesn't just, come back they don't to address them and say, it at all oh well that was interesting and here's what i learned yeah, yeah and, and at the away. end of the episode <laughs> the last scene is picard and Jordy instead of Pulaski and Data or Pulaski, Data, and Jordy. Yeah. yeah. Where yeah. I think that was another misstep of, yeah, sure, Jordy feels bad about misspeaking, but I don't think he would have been that upset. Yeah. That he's, Picard he's... has to be like, it's okay, Slugger. We'll get him next time. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he was, he was more like, man, I said something stupid. Well, I know not to do that again. Yeah, More yeah. so than I'm so depressed and destroyed by this mistake. Yeah. They seem to, th- this episode in particular, they seem to walk by. It- it's like they don't understand where the core of this episode really is and where the interesting ideas are because they don't spend any time with them. They just literally like, oh, that happened and they move on. And it's like, no, you realize through one sentence your computer either through purpose design or some sort of software bug created sentience 
I would look into that. <laughs> I, would, I would maybe be concerned by that one. Well, it also raises an interesting question of if they consider the computer sentient. And they do not. Um, no. I mean, that that is something that they they don't get around to establishing, but they, not right away, but they do over the long enough period of run of the of the show they can they draw a lot of comparisons to data and the computer um and the difference is always that well data is is sentient data has life the computer doesn't i mean they both have vast amounts of storage and raw processing power but the difference is data has supposedly the spark of life mm-hmm. and the computer does not well and it's an interesting argument though that's kind of that, that's in sort of breaking that you, you were talking about earlier that um if the computer can create something that has sentience, couldn't it give itself sentience? Right. Like, is it possible for a non-sentient device to create a sentient device? Yeah. And I mean, probably not, maybe. But again, these are all the questions that they should be like, whoa, and they just <laughs> yeah, move yeah. right along. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll just make sure that function's turned off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and what's funny is they don't even, a lot of times when, when stuff like this comes up in star trek especially like early star trek they'll at least hand wave something away or they'll put some sort of a throwaway line in there that's like well we'll make sure that doesn't happen again they don't even go that far no that's not even (laughs) they literally they're just like well we stopped moriarty and i guess we'll save him and it's okay jordy you know it's fine well i I think they at least (laughs) did have a reasonable discussion about what sentience is Certainly better than home soil. Um, yes. And and again, they're kind of going back to some of those ideas that kind of failed at in the first season. Um, and again, taking a mulligan, right, of, of this idea of what is sentience, how is it created, what do you do with it, can you destroy it if you created it, um, that touch on a lot of those ideas that they kind of didn't get right in home soil. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the, the nice thing about having Picard and Moriarty in the same room. First off, I'd like to say the guy who plays Moriarty uh, was fun to watch. Uh, oh, yeah. I felt like for sure. they did a great cast there. Um, I think one of the great benefits of that was getting those two good actors in the room and giving them some some exchange because, yeah, the you know he literally says, well, is not the definition of life. I think, therefore, I am. And Picard just kind of, like, very slyly is like, yes, that is one definition. And, like, yeah, you can... Yeah, kind of like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you could read that as him, like, either sloughing it off or, to me, I think he was trying to keep Moriarty in check because the part that gets lost in this episode that I think was probably a vein throughout it um, right up until the ending and they rewrote it is that Moriarty is supposed to be a very dangerous figure. I mean, he clearly is in Sherlock Holmes and they keep even making references to it, but all of his darkness seems to just kind of fall away. Like mm-hmm. almost almost yeah. at, the, at the snap of a finger. Like Yeah. I, I have that too of... of- uh, they do kind of address it in that Moriarty does address that I, I'm now aware that I'm a character and he says something along the lines of I'm not I'm not that person anymore now that I have you know read this stuff and know that I am know that I am fictional basically yeah so he has kind of a throwaway line so they, they do have that kind of little bit of cleanup which I'm still not a huge yeah. I don't buy into it hugely because yeah Moriarty in in the books as a Doyle character is a terrible person well so I don't know and it would be a much more compelling oh well we talked about this last time the conflict makes for good story 
and he does just come off as a Victorian gentleman, right? He just has tea yeah. and like sits around and talks about like the universe and stuff. And if he were to do something, uh, and, and to go back to the last episode as well, um, with Nagilam, um, the same thing with Skin of Evil and Tar Dude, you you can kill extras and demonstrate how um, corrupt or evil you are pretty quickly. And if he has control of the ship, even rudimentary control, maybe he starts getting it in pieces or starts figuring it out in pieces. And then he just like exposes a shuttle bay to space and kills like three people or something. Mm-hmm. And when Picard asks him, he says, I wanted to get your attention or something flippant like that. Um, there it is. There in 15 seconds, you have established that he's not someone you should be saving in memory, that he's someone um, that was created by the computer accidentally um, to be a foil to Data, who in in almost all senses is um, pretty purely good here. Yeah, yeah. It should be, all the weight of it is, is gone, and it should be, yeah, for numerous reasons. You're right. It should just be more weighty than it is. And they well, had also, plenty of opportunity. It opens up at the end, then Picard can kill him, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That yeah. doesn't make that ending make more sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. That, maybe that's the way to solve this problem that I have. That yeah. Actually, I think, yeah, that works. <laughs> we could just, you know, rewrite the whole episode and start it, which sounds terrible. It's, it sounds so much like I don't like this episode, and I still do. <laughs> yeah, it kind of, it's funny, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're kind of coming down on it quite a bit, but yeah. I, I think it's because the, the flaws are... Uh, you know, we we talked about this with the last episode too. Uh, we were just more complimentary about it. This is another one of those episodes that it's it's um, you know you dig into it and, and you start to expose some of the flaws. But that said, if you enjoy it for what it is, it's still fun. You know, it's just oh, yeah. it's just that I think a show just like don't. this, when it becomes as good as it eventually does, when you watch a lot of these earlier episodes, it's hard to look at it and not see it for what it eventually becomes and not right. just enjoy it for what it is. And as it's, it is, it feels, yeah, it feels a little bit like TOS where it was just, they don't remember what happens from week to week mm-hmm. and it just kind of yeah. stuff kind of happens well, and it's, you know, and it, it's a, it's an interesting contrast of stakes um, because in, in the last episode to keep going back to that, um, it almost, the, the stakes are so high. Nagilam could just crush the enterprise instantly. And it's like, well, there, there's that, um, that the stakes don't feel realistic. Um, because they're too high, uh, and here it, it they feel too low because it just feels like a nice gentleman who um, might get control of the Enterprise, but then he's not going to do anything wrong, right? That's the picture they're painting. Mm-hmm. Of he's just going to shake us up a little bit. Yeah, he, like just, he just low. And so having <laughs> no stakes there makes it a lot harder for that conflict to build. Yeah, the the most nefarious thing they have him do is just shake the ship. And, and you can tell by Jonathan Frakes' wonderful acting in the <laughs> captain's chair as the ship is being shook that it's supposed to be pretty ominous. But that's kind of lame, you know? I mean, that's, t- to be it honest. It is kind of lame. I mean, nothing happens. He doesn't do anything to Pulaski. He just plies her with crumpets. Yeah. and yeah, Which exactly. she continues to snack on, by the way, that she she's been kidnapped and is just she has is learning more and more that Moriarty knows that he is fictional, and knows who the captain is. But she keeps snacking; well, like she, she doesn't try to get worried. away. Yeah, she you know, never she seems... never seems concerned. Yeah, and, and I'm that's, like, that I would even more. 
right? Yeah, but, I would start getting worried when, when he starts talking about, when I see his chalkboard have the outline of my ship that he should not know exists mm-hmm. and can call up, you know, the the arch and, and knows who Picard is, that's when I'd start to be like, you know, I should probably try to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Well, and he... Instead um, of, please, more tea. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, the thing that's so funny is like, not only does she not seem concerned, she actually has an inter like an exchange with her and Moriarty where he asks her if she's afraid. She's like, "No, I'm fine." You know, like it's it's just and he responds to her observation with, "Well, you should be." But I found <laughs> that so funny because then he walks over and just shakes the ship and I'm like, "That's all you got, huh? That's 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 it." Like they clearly wanted him to be more menacing. And I think, yeah. again, it's it's kind of like what we said with, with Diana Moldauer and, and her portrayal of Pulaski. I mean, everyone here is acting competently. It's just the, the yeah. job the the the, um, the job that they have, the task that they've been given by the writers just doesn't sell, you know, what doesn't sell their character very and, well. And to know that the original script had that, that notion of, because one of the questions I have is, why can't a holodeck make regular matter, right? Right. Well, that's because what, that you is, know, that's what I said earlier with yeah, the paper. That's that why question, it didn't bother me. That question is haunting, um, <laughs> because it, it doesn't make sense, right? So if the the rational way to get around that, and it sounds like the first writing of it was, well, that would be dangerous, right? So Worf is fighting. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or whatever in the last episode. <laughs> and Bebop and Rocksteady. Yep. Yeah. And they get out. That's a problem. Yes. Right? And and to use Worf, he fights worse things in there. He does crazy stuff in there. And if, and if that stuff got out, that's a problem. Uh, Wes let Ski Fever out. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so, sure, it would also be super easy to just, like, scan at the door and destroy the matter that shouldn't be out there. Yeah. <laughs> super easy well and so, I'll, I'll hand you this too paul because where you're going down is precisely why the entire technology of the holodeck was it wasn't spelled out but it was completely retconned yeah. um in, in it, how it works there's a lot of these questions that get tricky um but it does feel like that's the cleaner way to go about it and then to have that safeguard breached um that's a problem and that would have put the stakes on this one well, and I mean, t- technically, I mean, there's there's all sorts of. They touched on the moral implications, right, of killing a sentient life form that they just created. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I mean, even if they're technically creating real stuff, right? I mean, they're also creating hollow people, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's hollow programmable people. Which, if you start thinking about the morality of that, I, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I start to get a little uncomfortable about that because that that doesn't doesn't seem cool like you know so i think it's why they eventually landed on the oh you know the whole transporter technology thing matter to energy that that's not what we're doing these are holographic projections which have force fields around them like that's that's what they are um and i think that's eventually why the the holodeck stuff gets more it gets stronger because they get more yeah. confident yeah. with with how it works at the same time though the the thing that breaks out then would be the question about sentience and if it is a computer program that is driving um the creatures on there with force fields and, and photons um then if the computer is making the mac then the computer has sentience if if one of the characters has sentience right 
Yep. So yep. you go down that wormhole a different way. Sticky, sticky questions. Yeah. Yep. It's a complex technology that, uh, you know, it's cool. That, and I, maybe that's the problem we're, we're all having, is that this is a cool technology, and we all want it. And mm-hmm. when it's it, more than the episode, when you start to unpack what the holodeck is and what the holodeck can do and spell out what that would mean, that breaks down pretty quick. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, I don't have a ton else about this episode. Um, I think it's a fun romp, uh, a fun mm-hmm. little, you know, distraction uh it's kind of nice to have this episode because the first two of this season were kind of oddly dark and in a couple of interesting ways and this one even though it was supposed to have been darker than it was is kind of nice to just have a like well we went to the holodeck and that didn't go well but eh, it was fun (laughs) it never does seem to go well when we go to the holodeck maybe we should look into this yeah i I can't help but laugh because i'm thinking (laughs) i do have one other scene and it's maybe my favorite part of this this episode and it's a conversation and maybe you could just drop the conversation in um but the are they're talking and um he's explaining like oh we could do this stuff with um we could like wash away the all the holographic energy or something and he and jordy explains this whole plan and then picard says something along the lines of like (laughs) well would it kill the doctor using waveguides i could split a particle beam out of the matter antimatter chamber run it down through existing conduit into the holodeck. If accelerated to sufficient velocity, that would quite literally wash away all present holographic constructs. The London buildings, the streets, the people, all gone, including Moriarty. Dr. Pulaski? Well, a particle beam will tear apart human flesh as well. Jordy's, Jordy's response is basically like, well, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then everybody just kind of looks around the table like, Hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then Deanna has her one, I, I sense a disturbance in the force moment, yeah. where I'm like, just like, did they just need to give her a line yeah. for her contract? Like, yeah. uh, that poor, was yeah. poor Deanna. It would have been so great if they were just like, yeah, I guess we have to kill a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was such a turbo weird thing for her to like pipe up and say too, because I'm like, would she sense that? I don't know. Although so. I guess a consciousness being created, maybe she would. Yeah, but I would be more concerned if I were her. I'd be more concerned to be like, um, so there's a new thing in here, and I think that might be a problem. Yeah, yeah. You rather than just yeah. I forgot the Troy was Obi Wan Kenobi thing. (laughs) Boy, yeah. It. I think she should be more alarmed. Yeah, and and yeah, uh, and it's yeah. It's handled very strangely, along with pretty much everything that they unfortunately give Marina Sirtis to do with uh, Diana Troy. Yeah, that's that's a whole other conversation, and she's barely in this episode, so maybe yeah. we don't talk about that. Yeah. So <laughs> we reach the point now where we've we've talked about the good, we've talked about the bad. Do we do we put this one in our watch list? Is this one that we say yes, newbies to Star Trek, you should watch, um, or do we give this one a pass? And Abby, since you're our guest, uh, please go first. Um, I say watch it. It's fun. It's a holodeck episode. It's enjoyable. Especially if you like Sherlock Holmes at all, I would say watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think it's great character development for Jordy and Data. Um, I, I think it's it does some fun things. I say don't maybe watch it multiple times in a row because it will start falling apart. <laughs> but For all the reasons we just pointed out. Yeah, for all the reasons we just went into. But it's fun. And, and you should watch it and enjoy it and 
just just don't think about it too hard yep paul how about you oh um what's the next episode (laughs) (laughs) oh outrageous okana oh okay Uh, yeah you (laughs) (laughs) you sounded like outrageous okana was was helping tip you one way or the other now i'm just interested where you go (laughs) (laughs) well i think i'm i'm really on the fence on this one i i came in really liking this one I, and I, this is something that I think you you said re- really well Abby that um, there's a lot of positive things that you remember about this episode you, and you remember the Sherlock Holmes bit you remember the Geordi Data stuff you remember that um, Pulaski kind of makes this a you know a contest it's almost a, you know it's like a Pygmalion sort of scheme um, and those parts are the good parts and you remember those there's a lot of bad <clears throat> the fact that Troy's in this episode, the fact that Picard comes in and saves the day, the fact that you can take paper out, um, all that stuff is really pretty forgettable. And I think throughout this, I, w- I was almost starting to get pushed to saying, don't watch this, but I think I'm on the same page as you. It's fun. Um, but you probably don't want to watch it too many times. <laughs> you yeah. want to watch it once so that you can remember those good parts and then forget about everything else. Yeah, and then watch it again in a couple of years. Or just and don't and just remember it. that those good parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will actually make it three out of three. Um, I'll go ahead and say uh, watch as well. I, I think for all those reasons you guys just stated, and for one more bonus reason, um, this episode apparently made such an impression that, as we referenced uh, before, in season six, they will actually bring this the character of Moriarty back. Um, mm-hmm. including Daniel Davis, who is the actor who, who played him. Um, so it, it, it was also the butler on the nanny. Yes. <laughs> I take it back. Don't watch this. One. <laughs> I no, changed my vote. I changed. No, the actor is fine. No, no, he's great. He's great. It's, um, it's, and it's I really a, have no problem with the nanny either. So it's a good episode. <laughs> it's a fun episode and, um, it, it gets some stuff wrong and it's, uh, it's handled a little weirdly, but I think, by and large, Brent Spiner playing, um, playing you know Sherlock Holmes is just fun to watch, um, and it's a it's a nice bit of character development for a character that that should be harder to develop, right? Because of who he is, because he's an yeah. android, but yeah. but because um, they handle it so creatively, and Brent Spiner is a talented actor, so mm-hmm. it's fun. Plus, you know, any episode where we get this much data and Jordy. Uh, it's really hard to, to pass on yeah. that. Um, it's true. That's just good stuff. So, well, Abby, uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, joining us. We we loved having you always. back on the show. So I always enjoy it. It's fun time. We'll save you in the memories so that we could bring you back five seasons from now. Yes, please. <laughs> and yeah, I'll 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 still be here waiting. <laughs> Do you have anything on the internet and or uh, anything you're involved with that you would like to particularly plug or um, or just we'll see you the next time we bring you back here. Um, sure. I this may or may not cross over with your listeners, but um, I am starting a re a books and knitting blog. It is right now just at paper hyphen string dot blogspot dot com, and you can find me there. Um, and then on Twitter at ablib a b l i b underscore nine eight, and I hang out there sometimes and talk about stuff very nice so yeah. um yeah probably things like books yeah i talk about books a lot i talk about yarn i forget it's if it was on the super... podcast or before that we were getting down on books but 
books are cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> books are great, guys. They're, and, they're they're super cool. And generally, as someone who enjoys nerdy science uh, fiction, television, nerdy films, and video games, I also agree. Books are fantastic. So uh, <laughs> it's important. Remember, highly kids, recommend read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you watch all these nine episodes, out of ten would read again books. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Paul. And uh, don't forget to. Speak your sentences clearly and correctly, lest your computer create some sort of abominable intelligence. Because that happens. A lot. A lot, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see ya. You make man. Yeah.